You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron live with Ethan Haristadoulou. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to more of the Greeks Gridiron. I am Ethan Hrsadulu, and today we are discussing my next man up for the NFC North, going through each of the four teams within the division and picking out a player from all of these teams and who I believe is going to rise up to the occasion and become a star within the 2022 season. So make sure you sit down, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and comment down below who of these four teams do you expect to stand up and become that next big piece, a standout player for their team, so to speak? I'd love to hear what you guys think in the comment section down below. Uh, in no particular order, I'm just going to kind of run through. So starting with the Green Bay Packers, the winners of the NFC North just this past season, someone that I identified on the defensive side of the football, he looked really good in his rookie season. I'm going to go with cornerback Eric Stokes. He quietly had himself a pretty strong rookie camp campaign and maybe it was because of the four touchdowns allowed and only one interception it wasn't as like flashy of a season as some of the other defensive backs in the league or even some of the other rookie defensive backs so to speak like someone like Patrick Sertan who was intercepting passes what felt like left and right at some points through the season but he actually had a really effective year, one that was so effective it made the Cowboys okay with letting someone like cornerback Chandon Sullivan walk. So if you look at the other numbers beyond the, again, the not the sexy numbers, he only let up four touchdowns, which isn't bad, but he didn't have all the flashy interceptions. He did only allow 51% of completions his direction and he allowed a 78.8 passer rating as well so while you can say that yeah he didn't have the flashy numbers he was very effective every time the ball was coming his way about 50 50 shot it was probably going to be an incompletion and that's a damn good number to be at especially in your rookie season he did start out a little bit slower so that might be another reason why he didn't get as much noise surrounding him but he ended up being really effective down the line now Getting Jair Alexander back is a plus. Razul Douglas was a standout last year as well. Considering Chandon Sullivan walked, I'm kind of expecting this to kind of look like Jair and Eric Stokes on the outside, and then Razul Douglas maybe like slipping into the slot or relieving either of the two corners as necessary. I don't necessarily know what the Packers are going to do with the inside corner, with that like slot cornerback spot, but... I think that Eric Stokes should have a really good opportunity getting starters reps opposite of Jair Alexander. And since he's not going to be facing wide receiver ones, it should bode really well for him in year two. Now, flipping over to the Minnesota Vikings, I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball and I'm actually going to stay in the secondary as well. Looking at cornerback Cameron Dantzler. Steady progression his first two years so far, and I think it's time for him to really take that next step. The Vikings brought back Patrick Peterson. He's probably going to be the guy that plays opposite of him here. But when you look at the numbers coming in from year two, 52.4% completions, only two touchdowns allowed. Again, another guy who didn't have all the flashy picks. He only had one interception. He had six pass breakups to boot with it as well. But for a defense that was almost a sand sieve when it come to, came to defending the pass, this was a guy who was actually very consistent and did a really good job. The Vikings allowed a whopping 4,300 yards altogether through the air last season. That was fifth worst in the league. 
despite that, he was actually only credited with allowing 311 of those yards. He was like the one bright spot in a really dull and dreary pass defense. So with that in mind, you think at some of the additions that they've added over there in the Vikings through the draft class, bringing back Patrick Peterson, Andrew Booth and Lewis Seen should be guys that should help shore up that secondary, hopefully at the very least. But I feel like it's time. Last couple of years, like I said, he has gotten steadily better and better. The numbers have improved more and more. And it almost feels like he's starting to evolve into that cornerback one for the team. He has, again, Patrick Peterson playing opposite of him with some young guys coming in. And I think he's going to do a good job with an improved secondary this coming season. I really like his odds of taking that next step and becoming, even if it's not like a top tier corner, it's one of those upper echelon guys, someone that you can trust to line up against wide receiver one, whoever it is that you're facing up against week in and week out. Now, looking over at the Lions, this is a fun one here because this is someone who came on strong towards the end of the season. He got a lot of hype near the end of the year, and I really like what he turned into as a wide receiver, and that is Amon Ra St. Brown. Talk about a fun surprise, I guess you could say, for Detroit. Fourth round selection, you probably didn't expect all these big gaudy numbers from him, and I don't even think maybe the Lions expected him to develop as aggressively as he did towards the back half of the season, but I mean, my goodness, did he really start to shine at the end of the year. Week 13 and on, the dude was lights out. He had 51 receptions, 560 yards, and five touchdowns in that span from week 13 to the end of the season. He was torching people left and right. And, you know, maybe you want to argue the defenses he was going against. Doesn't really matter. When you consider last season, it was pretty much Amon Ra St. Brown, TJ Hawkinson, and then really who else for defenses to go after. So, I mean, to be that, like, lone wide receiver that was really standing out and you were still getting the job done, give credit where it's due. You look at some of the additions that this team is adding in the offseason, you obviously are getting wide receiver Jamison Williams, who, yeah, he's on the pup, so is he going to end up playing anytime within like the first half of the season? Potentially, it sounds like mid-season or so, within like that eight-game range is kind of where the Lions are hoping he'll come back. He's obviously guaranteed to miss the first four weeks, and then kind of we'll see from there week by week, but... With Jamison Williams and, you know, the kind of blow the top off the defense type ability that he showed in college, coupled with DJ Chark, who is kind of a bit of a forgotten asset, someone who was really looking good in Jacksonville and unfortunately missed the majority of last season due to injury, now coming into a system that's, you know, pretty much like up for the taking, aside from Amon Ross St. Brown, he has a good opportunity to look really good alongside him. And then, of course, TJ Hawkinson. Things might open up for him or he might open up more things because, again, now you have to account for some of these additions at wide receiver. You obviously have to account for Hawkinson. He's a solid and talented tight end. And now, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown going into year two, things clearly clicked for him in the back half of the season. If I had to guess, and this is just rough guessing, this is not like I'm going to die on a hill type of guessing here, Eight touchdowns, a thousand yards, 90 plus receptions again this year does not really seem unrealistic considering he missed a game. He had a game where he only had two yards. I believe he had another game where he only had like 13 yards. There were a few games earlier in the season that he really didn't put up anything. The bulk and majority of his numbers came through that back half of the season. So I don't really see a thousand yards and eight touchdowns really being that unrealistic for the guy considering he was at what, 917, five touchdowns, 90 plus receptions at the end of the last year. Definitely doesn't seem unrealistic to me. And then looking at the Chicago Bears, this one is more of a necessity than anything else. 
I'm looking right at quarterback Justin Fields. It is up to him to help dig the Bears out of this hole that they've kind of fallen into with a new coaching staff and kind of a breath of fresh air feeling that is going on in Chicago. I really think it is up to Justin Fields to not necessarily carry the whole team on his shoulders, but he needs to bear some of that weight on his back and help drag this team out of the abyss that they've kind of fallen into the last few years. It doesn't really feel that long ago where the Bears were, you know, losing in the playoffs to the double doink and had, you know, an absolutely dominant defense. It's a new era in Chicago, and things feel good. Darnell Mooney looked really, really good his first season, and I'm excited to see how he progresses. And I like Matt Eberflus. He was the defensive coordinator of the Colts. I'm a Colts fan, so I kind of know what he's all about. I'm excited to see how he fares in Chicago as a head coach, and I'm very curious to see the offensive system that they opt to deploy over there in Chicago. But if they're really going to lean into Justin Fields' strengths, his athletic ability, the things he can do on the move, and he's already looked pretty solid in preseason. There has been a few moments here and there where it's a little bit shaky, but again, new system, growing pains. It's his second year with a new, you know, another new group. You might as well just be starting all over again. It's going to take a little bit of time, but... I expect to see a better version of Justin Fields this year than I did last year. And do I think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback at the end of the season? Probably not. But do I think he's going to be fighting within the top half of that 16 group? I definitely feel like there's a possibility. If he can continue that magic with Mooney and someone else can step up in this offense and become a trusted target of his, and he becomes the, you know, the playmaker with his legs when necessary... I have a feeling that, it, you know, Justin Fields, he's trending in the right direction. And again, out of necessity, I think he emerges as that star for Chicago, that quarterback that Chicago has been missing since who was the last great quarterback in Chicago. I'm only 26, so maybe it was someone beyond my years. Please let me know in the comment section down below. But those are my top guys, my next men up for the NFC North, the guys who I believe are going to step up for their teams and be the next breakout stars for them. I would again love to hear what you guys think in the comment section down below. So as always, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and I appreciate you all for watching. I will see you all in the next video. Have a good one.